Greetings and welcome to the worship services of Alamo First Baptist Church. I'm Brother Chris Rigby. I'm standing here this morning in front of our bell. This is the original bell that was at our old location uh, years ago. It uh, was there when the church was first built and it was always a call to worship. Well, when we moved to our new campus here several years ago, we brought it with us. And not too long ago, we got to put it up. We're so excited about it because it reminds us that we're coming together into this building to worship. And we are excited that today you've decided to tune in to our broadcast to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our prayer this morning is that you will see the great love that Jesus has for you and the great love that we have for you as well this morning as we worship together. We look forward to meeting you and your family and we invite you to be a part of any of our worship services, our activities or ministries here and if you'd like to get in touch with us, probably the best way to do that is just drop us a line at our email address, alamofirstbaptist at gmail.com. All of it spelled out, just gmail.com, alamofirstbaptist. We look forward this morning to worshiping with you. We pray God's blessings upon you and your family as we go inside now and we worship together. Let's go ring that bell for Jesus.
for the, the senior folks. I think they've got a strange open up there. China Pierce, that's October the 20th, and there were three tickets left for that. Uh, Gatton Brothers, we've got 11 tickets left for that. Then our Jackson in December on the 17th. And then Money is due by the, okay, the seven months. You can see it on there. The Money is due by the 17th. There were five tickets left for that. And if you need more information on that, you can see Betty Claire or
God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good all the time. Through the valley, and there are shadows all 
Thank you. 
Take your Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And while you're finding that, let me, let me just tell you again, folks, I, I continue to, to thank you for the, the ministry of uh, Sam's work trip. And you continue to work to serve the church and ministry and all associations and all faces with you. Thank you, folks, out there. And I, I don't uh, know if you're going to agree with that. I never learned to communicate to me the right protocol goes to people. I don't know what I was saying, but I'm saying thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. I want you to think with me this morning about pursue the Lord. Pursue the Lord. Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, Verse 2, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, and of one mind. He also said, then a little later in Philippians chapter 3, uh, verse 10, if you start going to Philippians for them, for instance, to make this joy complete by thinking the same thing. And he told them uh, in Philippians 3 that he was interested in in the power, knowing the power of his resurrection, talking about Jesus. We are to pursue the Lord that one is Jesus. And when we pursue the one, many other things take place. Uh, as we pursue Christ, his effect on our life should supposed to create in us a transformed life, not comfortable. C.S. Lewis said, if you want a religion to make you feel comfortable, I certainly do not recommend Christianity. As we pursue the one, we are not being called to be comfortable. We're called to be different. We're called to sacrifice. We're called to be obedient. We're called to be humble. We're called to be all kinds of things. We are called to be different. And so as, <clears throat> as we pursue the Lord, there are two or three things I want you to, to look at and think about as we just go and pursue it. First of all, when we pursue Christ, Paul has already said here in verse 2 that you can complete my joy by being of the same mind. So one of the things when we pursue Christ, we attempt <coughs> to take on the mind of Christ. Now, I know some folks that I would just be happy for them to have a mind. I would love for them to be able to think at all. But the idea that we would have the mind of Christ, what, is he, what does he mean there? Look at verses 5 through 11. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant, being born of the likeness of men, and being found in human form, and he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Go back to verse 7. He emptied himself, taking on the form of the servant, being born in the likeness of men, in verse 8, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. When we think about the mind of Christ, here's the description. The description of the mind of Christ is simply, not simply, but three things. Servanthood, humility, and obedience. He was a servant. tells us in Matthew 20 that he came not to, to be served, 
one of the greatest examples he gave us is found in John chapter 13, where Jesus washed the disciples' feet. The lowliest task, if you were a servant or a slave at a time, the lowliest task there was the person who was responsible for washing the feet of those who came in the house. They walked on those dirty, dusty roads with their sandals and barefoot. And, you know, even one of the disciples said, well, why not wash all of them? Jesus said, well, your feet, the dirt is covered. And those servants, those slaves, would meet them as they came in the door with a basin of water, a towel, would wash their feet, do whatever they did to them. Jesus is found in John 13 at the feet of the dumbest Bible class that ever lived. Survey several years ago, and one question was in the among Christian people, what's the main purpose of the church? 85% of the folks that took that survey said that the main purpose of the church was to meet their needs. The main purpose of the church is to meet my needs. I show up here, you're supposed to jump and tell me, take care of everything I have. No, it's not. We've talked about that a lot. I could dig into it, but this book would take you with me. No, that's not the purpose the main purpose of the church. We're to be servants and take on the mind of Christ. He also, uh, it says that he humbled himself. He, he had a, a life of humility. C.S. Lewis said, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Humility is when we don't think so highly of ourselves. We realize that we're not really all that much. And we humble ourselves. And, and our, our abilities, our gifts are humble before the Lord to say to Him, God, I'll serve you. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I, I give it to you. You use it. You take it. You, you, you do what you need for me to do. And then we're not in the attitude of looking who gets the credit. We're not worried if our name is mentioned or not. We're, we're humbling ourselves. Jesus had that spirit of humility. Here he was, the Son of God. He humbled himself to die on the cross. Which, folks, the cross was not just only a brutal way of taking a person's life, but they incorporated Jesus, from all historical accounts of crucifixions, Jesus, the Son of God, hung like a common thief, probably pretty much naked before the world. He didn't even want the, the, the drink that had a, a, a little drug in it that might, might possibly have, have uh, soothed his pain. He humbled himself. Not only did he die on that cross, so, but here's the Son of God who had to be buried in a borrowed tomb. He had already said the Son of Man had no place to lay down. Not even a death. He didn't have a pre-planned arrangement with some human life. He didn't have a plot picked out. He humbled himself and was buried in a borrowed tomb. And then you can try to look at that and say, well, praise God, you didn't really want to do that for But he did get to that borrowed tomb. He humbled himself. He was obedient. Scripture there said he was obedient even unto death. He had no thought in his heart there. But he was obedient to death. Father, not my will, but thine. Jesus.
Jesus said to the Father, Look, you're in charge. You, you handle this. You, you do what you need to do. Again, our folks, he has this. He has some good points dealing with the mind of God. I was not born to be free. I was born to adore and to obey. To be obedient. So to have the mind of Christ would say that we're going to be servants, we're going to be humble about it, even when God says go, we're going to go. And I We just move forward. So if we're pursuing Him, we take on His mind. If we're pursuing Him, we pursue the ministry of Christ. Verse, verse 9 says, Therefore God has highly exalted Him and bestowed bestowed on him the name which is above every name. We're to take on the ministry of Christ. What was the ministry of Christ? Well, we find a great example of that in Luke chapter 4, where he spells out several things that he came to do. He came to preach the gospel to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, give liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and liberty to the oppressed. Jesus came to care for folks. Do you know who Jesus has on his mind all the time is you. And if we're going to pursue the one, we take on the ministry of Christ. We take on these things. Let me just give you some, some statistics. In, in, in the state of Tennessee, 15.8% lives below the poverty line. 22.4%. And this statistic may change. You know, it's, it's funny how the IRS wants us to get our stuff in quickly, but they can never give us statistics quickly. Sometimes four or five years down the road, uh, and now they're going after they're going to want to quickly get out of the 22.4 children live below the poverty line. And 11% live in extreme poverty. Every day, over one building. Now, we're just in the state of Tennessee. It's Fifteen plus million in Tennessee. Came to heal the broken You realize that Tennessee has the eighth shortest life expectancy in the state, and we have the tenth highest divorce rate. It says uh, in the in the findings that in the state of Tennessee, forty-six percent say that they are sometimes or always in the minority. Forty-seven percent report that sometimes or always they feel left out. Folks, do you know this morning that's sitting right here is possibly somebody sitting in this place that's going to get that out. Right? Or maybe they just felt left, or maybe they just felt left out. Now, I'm not talking about on the team. We're talking about the I'm talking about these Anybody get the question? Now, I'm kind of chided by somebody who asked me, they were asking me about someone who was sick. I just feel stressed out today asking me about this person. And I said, I don't To, to all of this, 
Mother Teresa, whatever you may think of her, Mother Teresa was asked one day, how did you receive your call to serve the poor? She answered, my call is not to serve the poor. My call is to follow Jesus. I just follow Jesus. We follow Jesus when we pursue Him. We find ourselves taking care of the poor, the brokenhearted, those that are grieving, those that are held captive by either drugs or divorce or, or those that are oppressed or being in, in prison or jails or whatever. We are to pursue the one, and when we pursue Him, we pursue those who can't do that. You know, the Old Testament tells, and I've probably told you before, but of the rabbi who had those that he was training, and their goal was to walk so close to him as they walked on those dusty trails that if he walked, the dust from his feet got on him. That's the way we are to be with Jesus. We are to be pursuing him so closely that as he walks, as he moves, as he ministers, as he does everything that he does, he gets on us and causes us to want to be Every 
Ken gave him a little time just to share this with him. Then in an interview later, Ken, this atheist, agnostic, anti-Christian, said, ask this question, told the story, told about the man, and he asked this question, he said, if you are Christian, do you really believe that what you're talking about is true? And he said, look at this I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to help you understand it. 
know any purpose in my life that has to do with this over. This is the spirit of the world. We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you. 
and we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.